Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz and our, our special guest in the studio tonight. Matt. Hey Tim, how about you turn your uh, turn down your computer? Our special guest in the studio tonight. Hello everyone. Former, I am back. Former Spooky South Coast co-host. Because <laughs> it's been forever. Stephanie Burke is with us. Hello. Uh, how have you been? I've been great. How about you? Uh, doing pretty well. Tired, but that's okay. We're all tired. Uh, tired. Moniz just got off being sick. Uh, he was uh, he was under the weather last week, so he missed the show. Uh, it, it's dunk. Yeah, there's whatever it is that's, that's going around. It's wiping people out completely. Yeah. Just keep it over there. Well, hopefully he's not contagious anymore. No. If he is. I have Clorox wipes in my bag. We're good. Just wipe them all down. Exactly. We're going to put that on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. You can watch Stephanie wipe down Moniz with Clorox wipes. So creepy. I feel like and, I have to pay for that. And, well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> It'll be like, okay, for a certain donation, oh, like we'll wash no, this no. arm. And now, now we need a little bit more donation if we're going to wash this arm. And then this month, we'll get him to take a shirt off. We'll wash his back. Hell no. Yours so. wash his back, not me. <laughs> We would make about three dollars on um, that. I'm all set. On Thank that. you. You're three, ambitious. Three dollars right? tops. <laughs> so we are here, believe it or not, to talk about the paranormal as we do each and every Saturday night. And it's been it's been a week. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on. Uh, by the way, Stephanie, because you missed it, happy spooky South Coast anniversary. A I few know. Weeks ago. I wanted to come. Eh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, yes, it is. No, we kept it kind of low key this year. We Did didn't you? really, yeah, we didn't go over the top with it. Only one bottle of champagne. Only right. one. You guys should have saved it and brought another one. Why can't we celebrate two weeks in a row? Well, I mean, I like the way she thinks. Right. That's why part, you brought me on. Right. Spooky South Coast. The like party never stops. Seven or eight years ago. <laughs> but the, um, yeah, we and, and we still have to do the backyard. You know, podcast. You probably shouldn't every, even bring that up. So we say it's every year that we're going to do that, and we never do, but. This time around, by the time this summer rolls around, and it's you know nice enough outside to do that, we should have the capability to go on WBSM remotely without anybody having to be here to babysit the board. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, that means that we can we can I can bring the broadcast equipment if they allow us. You know, I have to ask permission to make sure that we can take it, but we can set it all up so that we can basically do the WBSM broadcast from anywhere. And then we'll run the YouTube as well. So right now we would have to have somebody back here running yeah. the board. But also the other part of that too is do we want to have the Backyard Podcast on the air? Because <laughs> part Ooh. of why people liked it was because it was something that wasn't <laughs> yeah. able to be aired on the radio. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll debate. It all depends on if uh, if there'll be adult beverages involved. Well, I have a backyard, so... Because we can do it from, uh, we can do it from uh, like eight o'clock to ten o'clock on right. on uh, YouTube. Primetime weirdos. And then from ten o'clock to midnight, we can add in the radio show. So by the time we get on the radio, we'll already be pretty well lubed. I I would like to say that I will just bring the grape juice, juice boxes, juice boxes. Those the wine juice boxes. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Do you remember? Do you remember? Since it's a spooky snack coast, we might as well start early. <laughs> You're, you might be too young for this, even, Stephanie. Yep. But Moniz will probably remember. Do you remember when they tried to make adult juice boxes? Yes. Yes. Not yes. not even wine, but just adult juice. It was called yep. Boku. 
Yep. No, I don't remember that. No, B-O- I don't remember it. B-O-K-U. And it was... A uh, green and white box. Yeah, I think there was there, there was a there was a green grape one and a red grape one. Yeah. And uh, and Richard Lewis did the commercials. Yep. And, and it was... It was basically just a juice box for adults because they must have thought, hey, we see adults like walking around drinking their kids' high C, so we're going to make an adult juice do. box. Right, I do. Although I hate juice boxes. What? There's like not enough to it. A juice box is like one oh, sip I agree. for me. I agree. I drink like two or three of them, but they're still fun. People don't know this about me, but uh, I, don't, I, I, I drink directly from the bottle. Anybody that's watched Spooky TV, you probably know this. I drink directly from the bottle, like because I'm not sharing with anybody. Right. So like, I feel like I would still make a mess. That would be all down the front of me. It would be ridiculous. No. So like, if I get one of those nice Tropicana juices, like I love the watermelon juice. Do you really? Oh, I love it. I used to love their fruit punch, and they that's stopped good making too. it. And the pineapple. They changed it. The pineapple. Well, I don't get the Tropicana fruit punch because, like you said, you don't see it there. But there's um, that other company that makes the orange juice that I like. Uh, you tell us. I can't think of it, but it's like right there with all those other ones. Simply, simply. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, they Yuck. they make a good they make a good fruit punch though. No, too um, healthy. But I tr- bring that home, and that's like I drink that right out of the bottle because nobody else is drinking it, so might as well. Talking talking about all this stuff in Ocean Spray Land. I'm not a big Ocean Spray no. person. I'm not a big cranberry person. I'm not either. I have to ha- mix my cram with apple. I, I mean, I like it. I drink it now and then, but it's not my go-to. Too acidic. Although orange juice, I go nuts for. I love orange juice, but you know what my favorite is? Orange peach mango by Dole. Stephanie and I don't agree on orange juice, though. Why? What because are your I thoughts chew on it. mango? What? Why? What's wrong with mango? But you have that I, look on your face, like. I I ask a lot of other people that a lot of. Other people are not into mangoes. Like, how can you not like mango? Go to Hawaii and you won't hate mangoes. I like them. I have, I have frozen ones in my freezer that I make smoothies with. I like it. That's my new thing. Like, I'm all about the smoothies because wow. I realized how cheap it is to make it. <laughs> like, it's so much cheaper than, like, buying a bunch of juice. Yeah. And it's just as healthy. And it actually fills me up so, like, I can just drink that for breakfast mm-hmm. instead of having to make a breakfast because i got one of those little things where you can make it mm-hmm. and it takes like two minutes so i'm like this takes less time than putting a waffle in the toaster so and then i can take it with me when i leave right makes it easy so yeah so so i went uh, out and i bought all kinds a of bullet is that what it's are? it's like the knockoff okay. it was 10 bucks and then they it, make one that's really good though well yeah if you get one of the fancier ones and then if you get a fancy no, one ones. but you can get ones that are like bigger cups like mine's only like like 16 or 18 ounces or whatever but the um the uh the, the frozen fruit and everything there's like so much of it you can get it at walmart for like a dollar 80 a bag and you can make like five six smoothies out of one bag and then when you're mixing them with like all different stuff you're gonna get even more out of it so like literally i invest like 20 dollars and i get a month's worth of smoothies out of it i'm the only person everybody else drinks smoothies to be healthy i'm the only person that drinks them to be cheap they're actually not healthy well, no, I know, but that's why they're people... full of carbs and sugar. That's why people drink them. Right, like, they're but they're like, delicious. I'm on a smoothie diet. This is what I'm drinking all the time. Nope, I'm doing it because I'm cheap. And because it's probably better than a frozen waffle in the morning. Right. So why don't we agree on apple... Uh, not apple juice, orange juice. Uh, because I like to chew my orange juice. Yeah. I like it thick with uh, as much pulp as possible. I like pulp. Oh, I thought you were a non-pulp person. Nope. Well, 
Do you like it like totally thick with pulp? I don't know if I've ever had it totally thick with pulp. So get either if you're if you have to have Tropicana. Yeah, I like get, Tropicana. Get Tropicana home stand. Okay. Or home style rather. Yep. Uh, or grove stand. One of the but anyway, there's one that has like a lot of pulp. But even that is nothing like that. Um, what's it? That simply juice that I was talking about. I don't like simply orange. They they make one that has, it's it's called high pulp. Okay, I've had some pulp and pulp. It is so good. High pulp is so good. Like when you open the cup, when you open the package at the top, yeah. there's just like a thick layer of pulp. Really? Yeah, you gotta like shake it up so that it mixes in. Oh, what was that again? You have to like <laughs> shake it up, and. Um, Didn't you miss me? I want some now. Like I want to just go over to to Stop and Shop and grab some and drink it during the you show. You did too. I know it. So the um, last week we had the phone lines open throughout the show, and we will do that again tonight if people want to call in and share. Uh, I've been doing Midnight in the Desert, of course, now. And right. Congratulations. Are, thank you. People are upset because we don't have the phone lines put in yet for people to call in. Uh, I did get all the equipment this week shipped over awesome. from Keith. And I, my rack stand arrived from Amazon yesterday, so I spent this afternoon putting that together and putting all the, all the equipment into the rack stand. And now I have to, tomorrow I'm going to clear off my desk, because I could have done that up to this point, but I'm just lazy, haven't done it. So tomorrow I'm going to clear off my desk and get it all set up so that everything is, and then Keith wants me to master a few other things before we start incorporating the phones. But they will be coming but until then, people can call in to Spooky South Coast if they want to call in. Do you tell them that you've been screwing interact. up our phone calls for 14 years? The good thing about this is there's I've built this system, so I know how Which it works. Which is works. good. <laughs> like, with this, it's kind of like, I don't know. Like, why doesn't this do what this is supposed to do? Why is this labeled this and it doesn't do that? Right. But at the you house, have control. Like, I can put it the way that I want to put right. it. And so it's, it's, it's a little bit, you know, there's a lot of things to do at once. It's not as simple as it is here. Like this is pretty simplified. When it works. But it'll it'll work when. And the best part about it is this is the part I'm look, looking the most forward to, is I can turn I can pot down the guest. Oh good. So it doesn't go out over the air. That doesn't happen right now. Right. So when the guest starts like coughing while I'm doing my intro, I can't like pot them down. So I just have to talk louder to go over them. And so that'll that'll be a problem that'll be solved. So anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to turn this into a commercial for Midnight in the Desert, but we would love it if you would uh, tune in every night, midnight Eastern, 9 Pacific. If you can't tune in live, become a time traveler at the website, four ninety nine a month. I see John's uh, I see John's comment there about wanting to pay rent. It's only four ninety nine a month. Right. It's one less coffee that you can get at Dunkin' Donuts, which I realized this week is a different price everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize, like, what a fluctuation it is from well, one place to another. it's because they're all owned by different people. <laughs> like, from now on, I'm going to whoever has the cheapest. So every day, I just want Dunkin' Donuts to text me. You need Skinny Brew. What's that? My new coffee. Will you call me fat? No. It's just delicious. I'll bring you some. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I prefer not to drink coffee. Well, I also have but keto tea, which I meant to bring you some because it tastes like Christmas. Now I have to drink coffee because it's the only thing keeping me alive in the mornings. Elf flavored? Yes. Yes. Ah. How did you know? But uh, anyway, uh, we, like I said, we will have the phone lines open, 508-996-0500. I want to get a little bit more into something that we talked about a bit last week, and that being the the book that uh, Zach Bagans put out. 
This okay. so we talked about this a little bit last week. John Brightman was in, and we talked about it a little bit. And there were some some updates that were coming, and so the updates have actually come out. Let me before we get into all the discussion about it. Let me ask you guys because you know you've been paranormal investigators for a long time, Moniz. When you started, there there wasn't really a good handbook. Of uh, like there wasn't a how-to well, manual. There was whole sorts, yes. Yeah, but his kind of just kind of talked about some of the theory and the way that he did it. Right. Oh, yeah, okay. It yeah. wasn't like presenting to it wasn't you like one hundred and one. Right. It wasn't yeah. presenting to you all these different ways of possibly doing it. Okay. Yeah. So you read Hans Holzer's book, and then you decide, well, this methodology works for me. I'm going to do it. Or you say, well, that doesn't work for me. I have to find my own way. Uh, but there was no kind of overarching little bits and pieces here and there. Uh, like, for example, you know, Chris Balzano wrote Picture Yourself Hunting Ghosts, yeah. or Picture Yourself Ghost Hunting, I forget. Yeah, Picture Yourself Ghost Hunting, yeah. Those, those books had some ridiculous titles. Remember the one that he wrote, Picture Yourself Capturing Ghosts on Film? Yes. No, I don't remember that, but that that's a long title. Yeah, it just seemed too much. Right. But uh, but it was one of those companies that was putting out those style yeah. of books. So the, the Picture Yourself series was like kind of like a for dummies or a complete idiot's guide and mm-hmm. um, i remember in 2009 maybe 2010 i forget when it was i'd have to go back and look at my emails but um i was in discussions with the complete idiot's guide company right to write the complete <laughs> idiot's guide to ghost hunting and the problem was the company didn't want me to do it there was a literary agent that was pitching me to be the person to write it and the, the publisher was like, no, no, we don't want him. Why don't you want him? Because nobody knows his name. Like, if, we put, if we're going to put this book out, we need to have a name on there that people are going to recognize. So we want Jason Haas to write the book, or we want Zach Bagans to write the book, or we want, you know, mm-hmm. and so what it was was basically the only reason they agreed to talk to me was because they thought that I could hook them up with some of these people because I knew these people. So it didn't go very far. And I'm glad that it didn't because I don't know if I could have dumbed things down enough right. for the level that you have to write those books. I mean, basically, when you write one of those books, you have to say, okay, I'm teaching this concept to a fourth grader. But at the same time, who's bothering to read those books nowadays when you can just watch a TV show and copy what they do? Well, and, but that's part of the the reason why they wanted to do this book because they thought it would be like a good like a good reference point for people like that. So you can watch the show and there's still going to be some stuff that you're not going to pick up, but they wanted it kind of written at the level of somebody that would be a TV show watcher and thought that that would be how they would do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like somebody who thinks that they know everything about football just because they watch the game on Sundays. Like, okay, you can know a lot about football, but you don't know the same as somebody who played the game or somebody who coached the game or somebody who's been around the game, you know? So it's, it's, it's the difference between a sports writer who covers the Patriots that, you know, played for the Patriots versus me, the guy that just watches the games. So that's kind of the, the way that they look at it is they want somebody that seems like they're on the inside but can write it at the level of the person that doesn't need to be on the inside to do it. And I just – I didn't think I could do it, but I also figured it would be a good paycheck – Right. I think it was like a five thousand dollar advance, which not bad. Yeah, that'll that'll change my life. So if you know they were willing to to 
go with me and we had tried it, I would have done all that I could to deliver on the book. But in retrospect, it just feels like it would have been – I would have had a lot of back and forth with the editors to say, no, this is too high concept. No, let's save this. Let's not talk about this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you start getting into some of like maybe the explanation of legends or something. Oh, we don't want that. You know, we, we just want the stuff that people can – Pick up the flashlight and the tape recorder and go out and do. So, yeah. But Stephanie, as you were coming up through this, there were there were some some guidebooks uh, to some degree. At least instead of having like one of these like ultimate like four dummies books, right? There were at least books that would basically explain at a basic level rather some of the concepts involved. So I was ghost hunting before. I found the how-to books. Like, I was familiar with Holzer. I was familiar with, you know, your regular everyday ghost story book. But um, I think toward my late teens is when somebody handed me, um, coincidentally, given the subject we're talking about, a Troy Taylor book. Mm -hmm. And I believe that was the one that came with a certification that you could mail in with a ghost meter of how to become a certified paranormal investigator. And... I won't tell you. I did not send it in. Um, I I failed. Um, I won't tell you who handed it to me because. You don't want to blow up anybody's spot. Well, yeah, but you know the person. Mm -hmm. So, um, but they told me that that's what I needed in order to become a certified paranormal investigator. And I think at that point I was probably about 17 years old and I was like, yeah, maybe not. I don't, I don't see how. I can make a certified paranormal investigator. Exactly. The same way that. Joe Schmo could with yeah, his I use, book. I use Canva. Do you? Yeah. Oh, that's it's fancy. Easy. They have like certificates already there. You can just change the title for whatever you want. It's amazing. You can hang it on your wall and there you go. But I think at that point I realized I didn't want to follow anybody's footsteps in the paranormal. Well, at least now. At the ripe old age of 17. But Because you'd find yourself going in a circle. Right. At least now with the internet, you can be exposed to other ideas. Right. So you can say to yourself, okay, this is how I do it, but let me see how other people do it. And, <laughs> you know, if, if the internet and social media work the way that it's supposed to work, you would be able to watch videos of other people doing it and say, oh, that's interesting. That's not how I do it. I wonder if there's parts of that that I could maybe adapt and try out for myself and mm-hmm. see how it works and see if I like it. You know, but we all know that's not how it actually works. The way it actually works is you see somebody do something different and then you immediately tell them that they're wrong because it's different than the way that you do <laughs> right. it. Right, but then you go and you do it anyways and then call it your own. Yes, that's the other that's part the of it. That's the big hook. Yes, yeah, so there's there's <laughs> all these different ways <laughs> of being able to do it in a way where um, you can make it seem like it was your idea. But the, you, what, know, you mean you don't hold your recorder in your left hand instead of your right? I thought you have been doing this for a long time. <laughs> exactly. You should know God better. Damn it, Moni. You don't hold it at all. You put it down. The um, <laughs> I know, I'm just it's, it's, it's <laughs> the, the whole point. The uh, the the other part about it too is that as uh, there's been this rise and this proliferation of people that do it, there's been many opportunities for people to learn. You know, like Connecticut School of Broadcasting, learn by doing. Like you can actually go out to some of these events and learn mm-hmm. and be taught. Moniz and I, uh, I remember, you know, in the very early days of Spooky South Coast. Well, first of all, Matt and I, we were probably doing this show. Matt Costa and I were probably doing this show for a month or two when Keith and Carl and Sandra Johnson offered their Ghost Hunting 101 class at the 
um, New Bedford. Was it the, the yeah. what they call it, the learning annex or the New Bedford learning? Oh God, an- yeah, I know what you're talking about. But they used to do it down across from the Standard Times, so. right? And so it was like a whole program where they taught all kinds of stuff. I loved all it. All different stuff. I loved it. And you could pitch to teach a class to them yep. if you wanted, and all kinds of things. Um, yeah, and it was cheap. Like yeah. you pay like twenty bucks to go take a course, and you could learn something. So like maybe you wanted to make a website, and you mm-hmm. didn't have even the basic understanding of how to make a website. For twenty bucks, you go and you take this two-hour class, and when you come out of it. You know, you don't know everything, but at least you have a concept of what it is to keep. You got a starting point. Yeah, to yeah. keep keep going on and on. And so they did. Um, they would teach a class, which you know, God, I love Keith and Sandra and Carl, but it really turned into more of a we're going to tell you some of our stories of mm-hmm. our experiences investigating, and uh, and playing clips. But that's fine. You know, we 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 still were able to learn from it, um, but it wasn't really. I didn't feel like it was a true course for somebody that didn't know what they were doing. Um, it was more kind of like a, a primer to get you interested in doing it and to understand that it is a real thing to be able to do it. An so introduction to kind of yeah it was yeah. it was it was more like a survey yeah. course almost. And then with uh, not af- not long after that, TAPS decided they were going to start offering yep. paranormal one hundred and one classes. Right. And uh, and you know Kristen Gartland, our yep. friend Chris, she yep. was teaching the courses, and so she reached out to Moniz and I to to come and you know help her out with the first class because she was nervous about teaching it. That was a day. Yeah, it was actually do, actually pretty fun. No, but do you remember we're on our way there and um, and she couldn't get into the taps yeah, headquarters. Yeah, the building. Yeah, like the, <laughs> we had to break in. <laughs> there were, the keys were supposed to be there and they weren't there, and so she's like, I don't know where the keys are and I can't reach Jay, and I was like, well. Uh, no. So we like all of us are trying to call Jay Haas, mm-hmm. like trying to get him on the phone so we can find out where the key is. And then he's not answering his phone. So I knew that he was at a convention with Patrick Burns. Mm-hmm. So I called Patrick Burns at like 730 on a Sunday morning Oof. after a convention, you know, Oof. so when they've been investigating, <laughs> yep. I was like, can you go find Jason and wake him up? And he's like, I don't know where he is. So it was like this whole big thing. But finally, yeah, we we found a way in. Yeah. Because and, you had Moniz. And then we, <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think Chris will mind us saying this. Like, she kind of turned it over to Moniz and I. Like, we just basically took over the course, and uh, and sitting in that course, having just joined Taps and learning for the first time, Joe Chen. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I always tease Joe all the time. Like, I taught you everything you know. That's hilarious. Even though that's not even remotely no. true, but it's just funny. Uh, but anyway, so like that was what you would do back then is you would go out and you would do the and they 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 charge like what like twenty bucks or something for yeah. people to take that course. It was it was it was not a money maker as much as it was trying to keep finding new investigators. You know, and Joe is a perfect example. That's what they did. So it wasn't about that. It wasn't about teaching people um, for the sake of you know pushing your own agenda it was about trying to form good investigators that could maybe turn into the investigators of the future right and and that was the great thing about about taps and it still is to this day like it is an organization that is out doing paranormal investigation whatever has happened with the guys that are on tv the organization is still out there mm. and still conducting investigations and still is available for people that need help so I'm glad that they were able to kind of find that that next generation. But anyway, all of this. So yeah. So Bruce is saying in the chat room, if it was fifty dollars for that course with Chris, but still, mm-hmm. you got that's you're paying twenty five dollars for the course and then twenty five dollars because everybody wants to sit in the 
right. in the conference room and take pictures in front of all of us. <laughs> that was, I think it took more times of, of people, it took more time for people to do their photo shoot yeah. than it took to teach well, it was the probably class. to weed people out too. Like the riffraff of just right. wanting to come and take it's pictures. The same reason why we charge what we charge for events. If right. We, if we lowered it and made it affordable for everybody, everybody would come. Right. And then you would have people that wouldn't take it seriously and wouldn't mm-hmm. respect the place that they're at and all that. And you you wouldn't be able to cut such a nice check for the location at the end yeah. of the night. Of course. But so so anyway, so that's you know, that's kinda how we came up through this. And I thought that these books were done what not paranormal mm-hmm. books, but I thought like the Four Dummies series, I haven't seen one of those on the bookshelves forever. Right. Although I don't really go to bookstores anymore, thanks Amazon. I do. But what well, if I go, I go to Barnes and Noble. Right. And if I go to Barnes and Noble, like I'm not really looking across, you know, all these different subjects to mm-hmm. see if they have Four Dummies books for them. It wasn't like you walked in and they had a section of the Four Dummies books. They were all mixed in with whatever the topic was that, mm-hmm. that you wanted to learn about. <laughs> I remember when uh, Wareham High was uh, toying with the idea when my brother was in school of starting a wrestling team mm-hmm. because they didn't have a wrestling team back then. Well, they still don't now. But So the idea was that if they started this team, they were going to need a coach. And so I said, well, I'll do it, but I don't know anything about wrestling. I only know pro <laughs> wrestling, and that's not. But they're not going to let me get away with that. So the minute somebody pulls a chair out, we're going to get disqualified. So I said, let me go to the bookstore and get a, you know, Greco-Roman wrestling for dummies or a complete idiot's guide to wrestling. And uh, I ended up buying the complete idiot's guide to pro wrestling instead. because Naturally. You know, I think I bought both. But anyway. Sure. But that was the, you know, the, the reason why you would go buy one of these books. Because you kind of needed to know something or learn something or have a good functioning knowledge. Or maybe you knew somebody that was into it and you thought that it would benefit them. I, I don't think it was ever made to, like, start anybody's career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was kind of just like a reference book for things and not, not really a, a guidebook to, to launch you as the next great paranormal investigator or what have you. So I thought these books were done. I thought nobody was putting these out anymore. And it wasn't until I saw the... Um, Facebook ad for mm-hmm. the book. And I think it was just like one of those Amazon Facebook ads. And it says, uh, Ghost Hunting for Dummies by Zach Bagans. And it's got that picture of him on the cover. Mm-hmm. And as I'm looking at it, I swear to God, I thought that it was something somebody made as a joke. Like I'm looking thought at it. somebody made a meme. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was like a, a dummied up cover, no pun intended, that somebody made like, to pass around and, and, and joke about it. And then I realized, no, that's actually a real link to buy this book. This book is real. See, now, I had found out through the grapevine probably six months ago that it was being pitched. And I wasn't sure if it was actually going to happen or not. And it did. I've heard about it for years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, But I thought, who's going to write that book? You know, well, at one point it was uh, there was uh, talk that it was going to be Nick Groff that was going to write it. Uh, at one point it was Jason Hawes again mm-hmm. that was going to be writing it. Uh, and and I every time I'm like they don't, but they don't make those books anymore. Like nobody's going to spend the time. Have you to seen write the cover? Yes. How ugly it is! It's ridiculous. And they could have made it more attractive. And that's why I thought it was a joke when I saw the cover. Mm-hmm. It looked like something somebody just took a picture of him and cut the background mm-hmm. out and stuck it into this, you know fake cover right 
and no, come to realize it's it's real. And <sighs> listen, I don't know, man. You gotta you gotta have a little bit more self awareness than I think Zach has to put yourself on a book called Ghost Hunting for Dummies and have your giant face on it. You know what I mean? No. It's, I feel like that'd be an okay thing for him. Uh, how does that look? I mean... Optically? Some some people are like looking at that book cover and being like, wait, is he the one that wrote it or is he the dummy they're talking about? Because that's, that's the way it looks I don't, to me. Uh, yes. But everything to do with him has his face on it, so I don't I'm, think I'm it not, would bother him. I'm not calling him a dummy before all of the... You know, the Prozac right. people start complaining. Wait, not Prozac. <laughs> <laughs> it seems I, I like they're on it with how much they defend him. But um, the the people who are in Camp Zach uh, that are going to be defending him. Look, I will say, before that gets any further, love him or hate him, it does not matter. He is a brilliant businessman and entertainer. And that I, is it. I don't know if I can agree with that. Because I don't know if writing this book well, was brilliant business. He's successful at it. Let's yes, it but he knows how to play the game in order yeah. to get what he wants. And I cannot take that away from anybody. Because he is sitting in a very pretty place that all of these people that bash him, not anybody in this room obviously, would love to be at. Well, and that's the complaint that we get. You know, I, I put a post out on Facebook about this. And the complaint that I got was that, um, you know, we're, we're just jealous and no. I am I'm I'm not in the least no. bit jealous of I think him. he just he does it for different reasons than the three of us would. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's nothing that we can do, say or whatever that's gonna stop a network from airing something like that. Now where I will where I will get offended He's just trying to push his brand, basically. Right, that's it. Yeah, I, but it was created yeah. with a network. Yeah. Where I will get not offended. Not with a passion. Uh is when people were commenting on the post and saying, you know, things like, Zach has done more for the paranormal world than you have. Uh, no. You know what? Go mm. screw yourself. Because I've put a lot into this without right. getting a lot back. I mean, I've, I've been lucky to get stuff back, but also, like, that's not why I do it. Mm -hmm. We all started this for no money. We are still sitting here on Saturday Some night Some of us still for doing free. it for no money. Right. I haven't eaten dinner yet because I didn't have any money. <laughs> I, was, I was either going to get gas or someone to eat. So I mean, but that's. But I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to get into that right. argument because somebody inspiring people to do something because they do it on TV and they do it incorrectly. By the way, in my opinion, correct. But if if that is what you consider being influential, yeah. then you know, then get off my page. In business and. In that world of straight business, is he successful? Yes. Is he teaching anybody anything? No. He's a great entertainer. He entertains the crowd and that he draws in, and that's it. That's what it is. It's a TV it's, show. It's literally not real. When, it's, when it's was the last TV. time that the Ghost Adventures crew offered a how to investigate course? Or, or showed their or, faces at an appearance. Yeah, or did an event where they said, hey, right. come and investigate with us. You know, those days are over because a long time ago it turned into... We just do this for entertainment purposes only, which right. is fine. Nobody's judging them on that. But that also means that you're not qualified then to tell other people right. how to do it, especially people that are at the level of I would buy a book for dummies, which I would be more upset about if I thought that Zach actually wrote the book, but I don't think that he did. I think that he oversaw the writing of the book rather than 
did all the nuts and bolts work himself, had, as we found out. He had creative input, as it said. I, I, I think that he, you know, definitely. Yeah. I, I don't think, think he, he wrote it at all. I think that he definitely was involved in how it was going to be created. Let's just say he didn't win Wheel of Fortune, so I don't think he wrote the book. Was it Wheel of, I thought it was, oh, it was, it was Wheel, Wheel of Fortune. Fortune. It was Aaron Paul that was on Prices, Right. Yeah, but he was I, on Wheel of Fortune. I was trying to... Uh, I was getting it confused. The, uh, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad was yeah. on... Mm-hmm. Was on... Uh, also, so was The Devil. was re- Or Demon was recently on Price is Right. Oh, really? So you didn't see that? No. It was very controversial. Uh, CBS has been putting out some pretty crazy commercials for that show, Evil. Yep. And people are complaining because they're running it during the middle of the day. Like when kids are watching TV, you know, like they've got the football game on and then all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing this commercial where a demon's play, excuse me, Price is Right. But it was brilliant. I mean, it was a great commercial. Uh, the lady next to him bids 665 Then they go and they pan the camera over and there's a demon. He's like, I'll bid $666. And then like they cut away like, like he wasn't supposed to be on there. So, yeah. But anyway, the, so the idea of, of, of him writing this book probably wasn't. You had to understand the optics of what was going to happen. But all that aside, whatever. The issue became that people started reading the book. People who have been doing this for a long time and have been reading other people's work and have been studying other people's work, which I don't think that that's something that Zach has done. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as people are reading this book, they're realizing hey that sounds familiar i've i've read that somewhere else so this wasn't a matter of a bunch of disgruntled authors reading this book and realizing that they had been ripped off and plagiarized this was that it was coming from other people that were reading it that were probably already suspicious of zach and the work that he does to be fair they don't really sound like they're all true fans of ghost adventures Mm -hmm. but at the same time they handed this information over to Kenny Biddle, who we had on the show uh, not that long ago, and who was talking with us about you know the fact that he doesn't really watch these shows, and he doesn't really have an opinion on these shows. So I believe him when he says he has no agenda against Zach. But that doesn't mean that the person that provided him this info doesn't. So mm-hmm. I just want to, you know, I don't know the person... Uh, he does, and he made it known who it was that gave him this information. I just don't know them well enough to know if they have an anti-Zach agenda. But anyway, as we talked about last week, uh, they found pieces of the book that seemed to have been lifted from other authors. One of those other authors was Troy Taylor, mm-hmm. who has written, I think, 130 books on paranormal topics. That's a lot of time. It is. And that's a lot of words. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that in the process of writing his books, you know, if he's going to write a book about, um, you know, the ghosts of Mississippi, mm-hmm. and then he's going to write a book called Ghosts of the South, and I'm just using this as, as two examples. These aren't book titles that I'm aware of. But, yeah, so if you're going to write Ghosts of Mississippi and then Ghosts of the South, you're probably going to take some of the stuff from Ghosts of Mississippi and put it in Ghosts of the South. It's more of a compendium of some of these other stories that you've, you've researched and written. So I can understand that, yes, you might plagiarize yourself in that regard. Now, can you plagiarize yourself? So normally you cannot. So even though you wrote it, it is the property of whoever published it. 
So mm-hmm. just because I put in Ghost of the South Coast a chapter about, you know, the Lizzie Borden house, if I decide to pull that chapter out and write an article for WBSM.com that is just me rehashing that article, I've committed plagiarism mm-hmm. because I didn't own the rights to that material and I repurposed it in a way that was to, to, to benefit myself. So even though it's my words, I've given up that, that copyright to somebody else. So you can plagiarize yourself. If it's, in a legal sense, yeah. Yeah, but it could also be that, you know, I say every time I go and talk to people about paranormal topics, you know, I always say, Liberty Valance effect. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend. So if I put that in everything that I write about ghosts, I'm not really plagiarizing that. I'm just, it becomes part of my yeah. my description of it. But anyway, it's a little bit of a grayer area with Troy because he's his own publisher. He owns the publishing company that puts out all of his books and he self-publishes all those books. Then. So there's nobody to kind of stand in his way mm-hmm. of him utilizing his own words. So what happened was, According to Kenny, and again, I have no reason to doubt Kenny, but I also have no reason to doubt Troy either, but I have suspicions as to why. Mm-hmm. So according to Kenny, Troy, see what happened was Kenny puts out this article and he accuses um, Zach of plagiarism and he mentions Troy Taylor being one of the people that is heavily borrowed from. Troy puts out a post saying, I was a consultant on this book with Zach and I helped him with it. And if there was any plagiarism that was happening of myself, it was me not citing it myself. And it's totally my fault, not Zach's. I take the blame. I was the one that contributed those parts. Okay. If we buy that. Sounds if, legit. If we buy that. And again, I think that he has a reason to to say that, even if it's not true, because you want to keep that yeah. friendship going. And plus, you probably signed a contract that said that you wouldn't do that, and you did. So I can understand if that's the, the the motivations behind that. But then Kenny comes out with these messages that apparently he pointed this out to Troy mm-hmm. before he published his article about it, saying, hey, I've discovered that you know he's lifted a bunch of stuff from you. And Troy's response was something like, yeah, I'm aware of it. You know, We're looking into it. I can't believe that he did this. And basically, like, it, it said some bad stuff about Zach in those messages. Mm-hmm. And can he publish that? So now what's the what's the about face that you're going to make after that now? Basically, he's saying not only are you lying, but, you know, you also were against this when you were talking to me before. So, I don't know. Again, that's... Yeah, but then he posted the screenshot of the messages with troy after the fact that said that it's he looked into it he got a settlement he wants it to keep between kenny and himself please don't say anything but he was paid an amount of money to basically stay quiet about the fact that there was plagiarism in there so it makes it seem like troy found out from kenny went to zach or his publishing company got paid to be quiet and then backtracked on everything that he said before, but it's too late. You already opened your mouth. I mean, now nowadays with Photoshop and so many different apps out there, you can create fake pictures and fake conversations. So we don't know if this actually happened or not. It wasn't timestamped. You know, there wasn't, Again, you know. Again, you have to kind of take everything at face value right. with this. 
Uh, but it is bizarre. So we are going to be up against a break here. We have to take a, a break for the news in a minute. But when we come back on the other side, we'll we'll dive more, a little bit more deeper into this uh, because there are other people that were in supposedly uh, plagiarized as part of this as well. And I don't think that they're going to come forward and make excuses or or offer explanations as easily as Troy Taylor might have. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into that a little bit more as well. And we'll take your calls. I know that I have a call on hold, and I apologize, but we wanted to get the story out that we were talking about uh, before we got into it. So if you can hang on, we'll take that call when we come back on the other side. Uh, I know people like to yell, "Hey, you can't ask for phone calls and then make people wait on hold. You have to kind of work things in." Well, people so, are asking us to take calls because it's going to be a full moon tomorrow we can certainly do that open lines whatever is on your mind as crazy <laughs> as you want to make it last week you guys missed it last week we were hearing from people that we haven't heard from in years really did they see air mm-hmm. so we'll uh we'll we'll talk more about some of all that and uh and and i'm sure mark will call in with an update too about he was supposed to get his money this past week. All right. So we'll we'll get an update from him a little bit later on, I'm sure as well. I know that the the chat room crowd at Spooky TV on YouTube is uh, you know following that story very closely. So we'll get into all of that a little bit later on as well. So again, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. You can email us Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com or hit us up on Twitter at SpookySC or use the hashtag SpookyLive. Back in a bit. Welcome back. Our number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with science advisor Matt Moniz and psychic medium Stephanie Burke. And uh, we are back from the break. We'll take some calls and we'll talk some more about the the great plagiarism controversy uh, as well. And uh, I just want to do a quick, I, like I said, I don't want to make the show turn into a commercial for Midnight in the Desert, but just a quick little plug because I'm so excited about what we're doing this week on the show. Mm-hmm. You've never seen Twin Peaks, have you, Stephanie? No. No? Moniz? You probably watched oh, the original series. Yeah, the original there. series, definitely. So this week, we are celebrating the 30th anniversary of Twin Peaks, uh, the landmark television show that... Really, we wouldn't have TV the way we have it today if it wasn't for that. You know, that was the show where they started Inspired to... the X-Files. Yep, and then they started to let some of these weird, mm-hmm. weird subject matter come in. And they said, you know what, maybe mainstream America is ready for some of this stuff. Although they weren't that ready because the show only lasted two seasons. Mm-hmm. But the impact that it had on a lot of the people that are creating TV today is obvious. So, it, it, and it's such a important thing... In the topics that we talk about on this show and on that show as well, that I said, well, we should dedicate a whole week to this. And so we are. Michelle booked a fantastic week of guests. So we'll talk about, we'll talk with some of the people involved with Twin Peaks. So that means that uh, we're going to be talking with Mark Frost, who is the co creator and executive producer, along with David Lynch, 
of Twin Peaks. He's going to join us on Tuesday night to talk about the the program and the the, the lasting impact of it and all of that. Uh, and then we're also going to talk to some of the actors from the show as well. And I'll give you a little bit of a scoop since we won't announce it on the Midnight in the Desert Facebook page until tomorrow. We're going to be talking with Christabel, who you probably know from the Revival series as Agent Tammy Preston. Uh, we're going to be talking with Michael Horse, who played Deputy Hawk uh, as part of the Twin Peaks uh, Sheriff's Department. And we'll be talking with James Marshall, who played James on the show. And so those are just some of the stars that we already have booked. We have a lot of other possibilities that are still kind of uh, being nailed down. But we'll have those parts of the discussion kind of in the early parts of Midnight in the Desert. And then the second half of each show will be focused on some of the themes that are prevalent throughout Twin Peaks. So on Monday, you know, we'll start off talking with Krista Bell, but then we're going to be joined by Mike Cleland, you know, an old friend of Spooky South Coast, a personal friend of Moniz's, talking with us about how owls are not what they seem. You know, the owls are not what they seem. That's it's a Twin, uh-huh. Twin Peaks owls. reference that yeah. is lost on Stephanie because she's never seen it. But I know what the owls mean. Right. And then uh, we'll be talking on Tuesday with Scott Ryan, an expert on all, thin, all things Twin Peaks, about how Twin Peaks shaped pop culture. Uh, Reverend Gary Duncan is going to be joining us to talk about the idea of tulpas and thought forms and doppelgangers and all that stuff, which plays a huge part in Twin Peaks. Uh, then Dr. Stephen Azenstadt will be talking with us on Thursday about lucid dreaming and, and dream sequences and dream tendencies and all that, which plays into it. And then on Friday, we're going to have some fun with Valentine's Day and also talking with James Marshall and uh, Michael Horse. So throughout the course of the week, we're going to be giving away some prizes. Thanks to our friends at Deadly Grounds Coffee, we'll be giving away some damn fine coffee and we'll be giving away some cherry pie. Hmm. Both references lost on Stephanie. She's never seen the show. <laughs> but also Stop picking on me. The uh, you know well, you know what's funny is if you watched it you would love it. Really? I think you would. All right, maybe I'll look into it's it. It's just so weird. I just never have time for TV. It's one of those things where you can catch an episode, like you can watch an episode like you know if you're on a plane or if you're in the yeah, car or something. But I'm bad about that because once I watch one, you want to watch I want to watch all of them. Yeah. So Yeah, so give the first episode a try and, and see what you think. We assure you once you watch one episode, you are going yep. to want to see the rest. It's a yeah. dangerous show to to have yeah. But at the same time, there's only two seasons and then the revival. So you're looking at like less than 40 episodes total, I think. So the, um, by the way, I did that with um, Servant from Apple TV. Yeah. I watched the first episode on the plane going to Toronto and then did not want to do anything except watch that show until I finished it. So like most of the time if I'm on a plane, I'm working. Unless I'm going to Hawaii, then I have 12 hours of nonstop TV watching because they don't have Wi-Fi. I can't. I just watch something on my tablet because I'm too fat. So when I try to put the tray down, (laughs) I can't work. So I just watch something on my tablet. But the the grand prize that we're going to be giving away is phenomenal. This is all built around the Twin Peaks 30th anniversary official fan festival that's happening at Graceland in April. April 5th through the 7th. So April is going to be the official, because that's the month that the show debuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, they're going to have this big fan festival at Graceland, the home of Elvis. And there's so many awesome things that are happening. They're giving us two silver level tickets to give away. So somebody's going to win a pair of silver level package passes to this Twin Peaks fan festival. That means you're going to get to take photos with the stars of the show. You're going to get to attend a Christabel concert. You're going to get to have a special dinner. 
uh, with everybody. Uh, all these special tours that they have of Graceland, including getting to see some of the behind-the-scenes stuff like Elvis's airplanes that not everybody gets to see. There's there's all this stuff that's all included with that. The package, the prize package, it's worth $800. Well. So I think it's worth becoming a time traveler to try to win this thing. And uh, we'll give that away on Friday. Now, the, the catch is whoever wins, you're responsible for getting yourself to Memphis and for your own hotel room and all that kind of stuff. But it's a small price to pay for the amount of fun that you can have if you're a Twin Peaks fan. I may be part of the the event. We're still kind of working out the details. Mm -hmm. But um, they were interested in having me come down. And I said, oh, you know, I'd, I'd love to, to, to talk about the paranormal and Twin Peaks. Mm -hmm. So maybe that'll happen. Maybe they'll just use me as a moderator for something. But anyway, you know. All right. We're getting complaints because we're not taking phone calls. Is it from Lamone? No. <laughs> For a change? Is it a complaint that uh, that we might take a phone call from Lamone? Hmm. Uh, no. No. Just saying, okay, okay, get to the calls now, please. You have to understand. The, the chat room, as much as we love them, yes. sometimes when they complain, you just have to ignore them. No, I feel like this is somebody that never complains. I, I saw the complaint. You're right. It's somebody that doesn't complain. Right. But we have... Uh, we do also have some some lovable uh, lovable complainers in there as well, we'll say. But since this person is not a complainer, we'll go to the phones. Okay. And if it's Lamone on the first call, just remember, Cupcake, it's your fault. <laughs> Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. What's shaking, playboy? And uh, it's, what did I say? How you doing? <laughs> Good. How are you? Pretty good. So you need to show Stephanie and, and, and Matt that picture so they can tell. See how much money that is? I will. I'll, I'll, I'll show them that after the show. Okay. And Stephanie, I'm glad to see you're finally back. Well, I can't see it just uh, because I have no, no reception for the stream. So well, thank you. Yeah, it's I, appreciated. And so I'd like to, I'm going to get, so when Tim comes out here, I'm going to send him, give him something to take back with him to give to you. Okay. And it's a, and it's a gift. And it's something, you know, and it's going to say from Bogota, Colombia. Okay. I'm not taking that back with me. I'm not walking on a plane with that. Who says you have to walk? You know, just you know, no one's gonna know. It's not gonna be that big. You can put it somewhere, hide it. You know, you don't have to keep. You don't have to keister it or anything like that. I would hope not. No, I'll be, be okay. I'll be like yeah. I'll be like Eddie at the beginning of uh, the drawing of the three. That Stephen King book. Where, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that'll be it's me. Just, Sorry, you know I'm I'm I'm, ba I'm, I'm babysitting somebody's iguana, uh, somebody's iguana, babysitting their iguana, and the, and the iguana is suicidal, and so oh, no. I'm trying I'm trying to find him so I can give him his medication. You know, he's got it's a he's got, it's, there's a bad case of reptile dysfunction going on in this household. <laughs> so you know, I just I just thought it would be kind of nice to kind of take some stuff like that. He can walk around with with a lizard on me like. I'd have to be that one black guy and have the lizard on him. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I, you know it's like when they did, we did the Star Wars movie. I was the only person with a lightsaber, but I was the only black person with a lightsaber, dressed in black, looking like Darth Vader. So I guess that kind of didn't look, you know, I had to represent. But that's wonderful. So um, when are you, so are you, so I'm going to listen next week. I'm going to try to listen next week to the show and stuff like that. I don't know. Is it going to be all next week? Is it going to be one day is all about Twin Peaks. No, it's it's going to be throughout the week, but it's not going to, you know, you can listen if you've never seen Twin Peaks. It's not going to be all about, you know, Twin Peaks. It'll be about some of the subject matters that are covered in it, too. Did you, did you also, did you know that uh, Hoffs right now, he's, ta he's 
he's talking to Kirk Douglas on the phone. Uh, it, oh. he's, he's telling him <laughs> oh right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't think that he would because I didn't know if his uh, if his target demographic would know who Kirk Douglas is. Well, if he if, if they're listening enough, to old enough to most. I don't know. You're right. I had to think about that. I'm like, geez, Kirk, you know, Kirk Douglas. What about like you know uh, what's the face of died? Bob Conrad. Right, you know, I saw that yeah. today. Yeah, and yeah. did you see? Did you see that Orson Bean died? Oh yeah, yeah. he did. What All a crazy right. story! Ninety-one years old, hit by a car. And that's crazy. And I, and I thought his last name was Stock. Orson Bean Stock. No, no, no. no. <laughs> he was a legend. And people don't know this. He was married to the mom from the Wonder Years. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was nice. Yeah, I, and yeah. I, I, that's I, just a terrible story. I mean, he was, he, he was a very vigorous man for for ninety one years old. You know, he was uh, still working. Uh, still, you know, he was just in what Equalizer two and. And you know, they're like also they're doing like this. Did you see uh, Knives Out yet? Not yet, no. Well, have you seen it, Stephanie? No. Well, you know, what was the last movie you seen, Steph? Last movie you saw? Last new movie I saw. Yes. Uh, Hustlers. Oh, okay, all right. That's all right. What about you, Matthew? What was the last new movie you saw, young man? Uh, the second it. It okay. Well, yeah, you. So you guys are way back. What about you, Timmy? What about you, Timmy? What was the last movie you saw? Um, I don't know. I haven't watched a movie in a couple of weeks. Oh, really? Well, that's not bad. You said a couple of weeks. Well, Thursday we did the uh, Birds of Prey. Right. How was it, that? Cause it was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was, it was bouncing all over everywhere. But then again, you know, when you're in that kind of, <laughs> you're in that person's mind, you know, it's bouncing everywhere as it is. And it's like, you know, you know how it's crazy people. You know, you have like a lot of those people that are, that are that come in there like that one dude named John. It looks like he's from um from uh like he's from Black Jeopardy. Remember him? You know, yeah, but that one that John, do you know who I'm talking about, Stephanie? Because you were there when I said it looks like the guy from Black Jeopardy. You know, Tom Pink. <laughs> no. you, you you remember who I'm talking about, Stephanie? You were there that day. Don't, don't I don't remember. Oh, you were such oh this oh I guess I'm not the only one smoked a lot of reefer or, or did I? Said, uh, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> All right. I think we ought, I think we ought to do is get like a Winnebago and go like this summer. You guys all go. We're going to go going cruising across the Southwest. I think Stephanie should come to you, Matthew. And we're going to have some fun. You do a live remote uh, from from Spooky South Coast and also from um, from Midnight in the Desert. I think all you wonderful, beautiful listeners and fans would love it. I, I think people would just love to see you on Spooky TV, Lamone. <laughs> They would like to see me on TV, period. Like I said, you know, oh, look at him. He's running from the cops again. Wouldn't be the first time. You know, like I, <laughs> I thought I saw you on an episode of Live PD from Pahrump. <laughs> oh, yeah. But up, Pahrump. Oh, yeah. That's true. But I had, I, I, I'll tell you about how my head, the cop camera crew, it was, one, was, was May 23rd, and uh, that was out front, of my, out front of my door. And then right down the street was June, I mean, July uh, 6th. Had cops camera crew put me right up there. I feel all that was crazy. The first time I see about the first one, that's really crazy. All right, <laughs> all right. First. I, I have my Hawaiian friend. She's here. She's coming up. To she's, she'll be here tomorrow. As a matter of fact, she's coming over. She's coming over to clean. And, and I, I said, somebody. It was like eleven thirty at night. Somebody's knocking the door. I said it's the cop. I said no, it's not. I said it's the cop. And she's and, she's, and then all of a sudden here's about the North Las Vegas Police Department. Open up. And I said, I understand they say, are they not to get this North Las Vegas police from I said, who is it? There's a North Las Vegas police from said, yeah, I right. I've heard that before. They said, come to the window and look at the badge. I said, you can get those in there for five bucks. I'm not going to open my door for that. 
until they, I eventually opened the door. They said, we're not here to flush at 1130 and smoke and reefer. I totally forgot the spray before I opened the door. That was my bad. <laughs> that was me. And so, like, and there was like two cops like, in front, front of my, like on the right side of my door. And, oh, oh I'm, no, I'm facing, okay, I'm facing, I'm facing out. So it's on the left side of the door and then three cops are standing right on the, on the right side of the door, up the side, and there was somebody standing in front of the tree in front of my door with a, with a light that's looking. And so um, they said, you know where Emmanuel is? There's nobody living here by that name. They said, next, they were just, talk, just trying to talk crap to me. They said, well, next time you come knock on the door, you open up the door. And uh, they were going to walk off. All of a sudden, my shorts are falling down. I mean, literally, I, just, I was, I, I, literally, my shorts falling down. They said, could you have about your pocket? And you're like, all five of your guns are all up. And all of a sudden, the light popped up. And I said, I'm not in my pocket. My pants falling down. They were, they were having the gun shooting them. That girl was hiding. She, she was hiding under the bed. She saw that. She was all going hiding. And so and it was like, it was horrible. And so it happened. Uh, they said, there's someone coming there. And I was like, all right. And you know, I walked off and they closed the door. And it was the camera, cops, camera crew people, cops, camera crew that was there. And that was crazy. And then, oh, oh that's horrible. I would tell you about that other time. But right. that's. That, that's another. That's another week. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll save that for another show. I, I do have to move on because we have another call lined up. Okay, thank you. And I hope to want to say hello to all my spooky friends out there. You ones that aren't so spooky but scared of spooks. Don't be too scared of them. Don't be too scared. <laughs> all right. and like I said, and you need to ask them. I want them to know what. Are you going to be there next week, Stephanie? On this show, I think yeah. so. Are you sure? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think so. <laughs> well, we, we need to. You need you. You and Matt need to take him. I'm give you guys need to answer that question and pick with 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 uh, I will have some yeah, and I want to know the the closest one gets that gets some fun. I'll but you tell them about that later. All right, He's I like, will definitely I, show I would, them. I want to share with everybody. Everyone should be lucky enough to do that. Well, it, then, yeah. I, I will. All right, okay. you have a good you have a good night, Lamone. God bless you, and I hope to see you soon. I'll talk to you next week, players. Take Play care. God bye. 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 All right. I caught about 70% of that. <laughs> That's the problem now is he's got such a, a nice clear phone, it's harder to just say, oh, Lamone, we can't hear you anymore. Uh, I think he's got a taller pole he's climbed up. But, uh, yeah. Those are... <laughs> well, somebody else said he, he he climbed a stripper to get better reception. So. Okay. He did. I, I told him last week when he called in and he was cutting up. I was like, Lamone, you got to climb back up that pole from last week. So yeah. All right. Who's next? All right. Now I'm a little scared. Next victim. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Good evening, Tim. Hello. How's it going? Very good. I, I was hoping to get you first, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately not. Um, first of all, I got to tell you, under the Massachusetts wiretapping laws, I have to tell you that this phone is recorded by federal, state, and local authorities. That's all right. I'm recording you as well, so. Yeah, well, I know that, but I but I have to tell you because the... I think the minimum penalty is $10,000 and 10 years in jail. Yeah, you don't want that. No. Uh, okay, now I can carry on. Uh, I gave you, um, the, I did a little more investigating through different phone calls as to, I, I believe I stated my first uh, sweepstakes winning cue. Uh, it, it was Powerball. However, I found out it's the name of the sweepstakes company. It's not the actual Powerball. It, this is the Powerball Sweepstakes Company. Okay. And uh, now you know what I told you I was getting from them, right? I, f I forget. Remind everybody how much you were getting from them. Okay. From them, I am getting uh, $400 million, which I'm going to take $20 million 
at 20 years. They tried to give me the one-time payment, but they take out too much money. I went with the annuity. Uh, a brand-new Mercedes, a brand-new Malibu, uh, 10,000 gallons of gas, two credit cards, a... I believe it's a hundred dollar Red Lobster gift card and a one thousand dollar Walmart shopping spree. <laughs> I just love the randomness of some of these prices. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, I was also called by because what they did after this drawing, um, I won't give you the name of the woman that I, I've been dealing with, but she said when I called to claim this, uh, she said, "Can I put your name into another drawing?" So I said, "Okay." And a few weeks went by. And I got a text message that I hit the grand prize there. And um, I tried to get information on it, but all I was able to get was the monetary value. And it is, you're going to love this, Tim, because I'm, coll- I'm going to collect these two. Now, I, I don't know if I told you, but I have numerous. I have like about 12 to 14 sweepstakes that I hit. Well, this second prize is 322 million now i don't know how they're breaking it up so this coming week i'm going to be like 30 million short of a billionaire well i mean a couple of quick investments you can get over that line oh <laughs> i got a lot of investments in my head i've been thinking about <laughs> yeah just throw a couple of things uh here and there you can get that you can hit that billion dollar mark and uh well, well, see, the thing of it is, I have another, at least another dozen sweepstakes that I've hit. And just by hitting one of those, one or two of those, I'll be, I'll be over that billion dollar mark. Um, and I'm glad you have a, a psychic medium there, because uh, this will interest her. Uh, all this uh, large money was prophesied to me about 40 years ago when I went to a psychic medium here in New Bedford. Oh, yeah? Uh, yes. This, uh, I, you may not know. You may, you may not. I don't know. Are you from New Bedford? I am. Okay. This woman lived on Sears Street. Uh, her last name was Monty. I, I mean, not Monty. Her, her, uh, her daughter's married name was Monty. Um, I think her name might have been Schuster, I think. I don't know. Yeah, nobody uh, I've heard of. Well, anyway, um, I went to a psychic reading, and what she did was not only uh, when we sh- she started with a palm reading, then she did this, uh, the psychic reading, and then she read tea leaves. And this was the most interesting night of my life, I guess you could say at the time, because I was only about 20 years old. And um, at the end... Uh, she allowed, because I went with a group, she allowed us to ask a question. And at the time, I was working two jobs, and I asked if I was ever going to come to a point where I, would, I wouldn't have to be worried about working. And she said, you're gonna, late in life, you're going to come into so much money, you won't believe the amount you're going to come into, and a lot of people that are surrounding you are not going to believe it, because it's going to be so ridiculous. And the prophecy is coming true. Well, if you need a new personal psychic, you know where to find me. <laughs> Reasonable rates for right, the right. for the right price. She could be she could be like I don't I don't know if you ever heard the story, but um, uh, Joan Quigley was a, a psychic medium 
popular in the 70s. And uh, she met Nancy Reagan on the set of the Merv Griffin show in the 1970s. Yeah, that name sounds familiar. What, yeah. what happened was, after Ronald Reagan, after the assassination attempt, Nancy reached out to Joan Quigley and said, Hey, listen, you know, we're friends. Why didn't you, why didn't you tell me that Ronnie was going to get shot? And Joan Quigley said, oh, well, you know, I have to do all my regular work as a, as a psychic, and I really can't, you know, just focus on the president. But if you hired me full time and let me live in the White House with you guys, mm. then I could just dev devote myself full time to, to, to Ronnie and to watching out for his best interests in the future. So they actually did. They moved Joan Quigley into the White House, and she lived on you know they were they were paying her i don't think it was coming off the the, the you know it's not the government dime but still, well yeah i'm sure they, it was probably theirs she was sure. their personal live-in psychic so stephanie would be available for that for the right price i think i don't think i want to live with you no offense i don't think my boyfriend can, would like that very he much he can build a guest house on the new property but... <laughs> he buys the new he's gonna buy that well, island well, off, I'll, off I'll say something else Tim, too now when i went um they also don't uh, this woman wouldn't divulge certain things because my sister was there too, and there were other people that had siblings, and they said, "Well, there are certain things we we won't get into," um, because she did mention that each one of us was going to go through a uh, very rough time, and uh, my younger sister did. She went through uh, about twenty or thirty years ago. She went through something kind of rough, and myself, I went through off and on rough things. So I mean. Uh, and these are things that were not told because they didn't tell anything to siblings. Hmm. But um, I found it very interesting. And, of course, too, I was, as I was listening to, I caught the news uh, prior to your second hour, and I found my, one of my uh, acting heroes, Robert Conrad. That was, that was my, uh, my Friday night was Wild Wild West when sure. I was a kid. And that that was a show where you know he was a uh, of course then it was it was a western but he was a secret service man, and um, I think his um, his sidekick I think died a few years earlier, uh, Ross Martin I believe he died he died maybe maybe ten fifteen years ago I think, and and I watched a few episodes when it was already in syndication of the uh, Tappy Bowington, and what surprised me was. Uh, one of his guys was in Magnum. Larry Minetti was in Magnum. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we did lose one of the greats, and I'm sure Steve Huff is trying to contact him right now with his uh, with his ghost box. We're well, gonna we're gonna have to let you go, Mark. But thanks for keeping us up to date and uh, let well, us let us know. Well, okay, look for look for me uh, if all goes well. Saturday, big celebration, WBSM. I'm gonna crash the Ken Pittman show. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, we'll see and, you. And you'll bye be bye. welcome on Spooky later on in the evening. Well, if all goes well, I may even hang out all day. There you all go. All day and all night. <laughs> all right. See you all later. Right, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Little, uh, little bonus there for Spooky TV watchers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think you're out of shot. The, uh, oh, was it? Okay. You might have well, been. Probably better. Probably better for oh. YouTube so they don't flag the video. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm... I guess I'm seeing in the chat room. Is this legit? Huff's already tried to reach out to Kirk Douglas. I have no idea. I'm busy trying. Why to would it not surprise fix my me? Headphones that just I just I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought that it's in in his wheelhouse of of people that would be. Um, if it's a celebrity that made the news, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I guess any fair. any anything that people are searching YouTube for, right now there's millennials 
typing in who the hell is Kirk Douglas to YouTube. So I love you, Spartacus. The 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 downside is, um, of course, that it's not real. That Steve Huff's not actually talking to any of these people. Oh, I thought you meant like I mean, doesn't that go without saying? But well, the the uh, the Kobe thing really did not sit well with a lot of people. Yeah. But you know what? The more that he does this, and the more that people are finding the original clips that he's using. Because, see, Kobe's a guy that Kobe fans, and I know we have one, a huge one listening right mm-hmm. now. Uh, Kobe fans, they've watched all of his interviews. Mm-hmm. And they've, you know, they followed his So is his that career. what he does? He takes clips he, from the internet and... Yeah. So what he does Because <coughs> I don't he, even care enough to, like, look him up or he, listen. He, he takes actual interviews with the people and he pulls out certain words that he can kind of write his script around. Yep. And and then he will take that and put put it through his guitar processor, his guitar pedal processor. Yeah. And it'll make it all echoey and, and weird sounding. So it's just enough that you really can't necessarily like make out 100% what they're saying, but it sounds a little bit like their voice. Mm-hmm. So that if anybody slows it down or ma- tries to man- uh, manipulate the audio that he's putting out there and says, oh, yeah, I was able to take off the effects and it does sound like Kobe. But it's something that comes from an interview. In fact, people right. people send um, emails to me all the time with like, hey, Huff put this video out. And look, this person put this video out saying here's where all of that information came from. Right. See, the thing that... It, it's not going to stop them, though. The thing that would have been okay is... And not that it's okay. But the things that... Uh, the, the way that it could have worked out for him is if he stopped dipping his foot in the paranormal world. Mm-hmm. If he just stayed away and was just this hack that does this on YouTube for all the the people that are easily duped by this that don't know anything, he probably wouldn't have incited as much ire from paranormal people as he has. Mm-hmm. We would just look at it as no different than you know Miss Cleo doing the TV commercials or Sylvia Brown going on Montel Williams. Like mm-hmm. people would have just looked at it like that. But because he decided to step his foot into this world and to, to go on investigations and to try to claim that he had a better way of investigating than other people. And also the other part, too, is he started to bring forth some of the paranormal people that have died. Mm. You know, he's claimed to have contacted Art Bell when Art died. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, there was only like 400 million hours right. of Art Bell talking for you to put pull some of that audio out of. But he also did the same thing with Lorraine Warren when she died. Right. Which, come on, how many people did Lorraine Warren know and work with that she's going to talk to some random guy she doesn't know? Mm -hmm. And the thing that really, really ticked people off was when he uh, communicated with, um, I'm blanking on their name, the couple. Constantinos. Constantinos, yes. That was what really- I was hoping you weren't going to say that. Well, that's where we're going to leave it at that. But that's where we're not going to get into all of that. Right. But that was a well. You know what? I'm not going to get into everything that happened. But I will say for those people who are not in the paranormal world, it was it was a murder suicide. It yeah. was a very very, very shocking sad. tragedy. Yeah. With some with people that were well known to everybody in the field. They'd been on this show before. Mm-hmm. You know they, they you know they, that they were nice to everybody. Friends as far with as everyone. Yep. And and here comes this guy who is not one of us. He's not part of the family. He's not part of the tribe. And here he comes claiming that he has reached out to them and talked to them when when they would have certainly reached out to 
any one of thousands of paranormal researchers that they knew and, and worked with before they would have ever reached out to this guy. So that was kind of what really turned everybody even more so on him. You know, right. that's when he went from being this, this, this in the paranormal field for sure. This problem that we can ignore right. to somebody that we feel to, like we have to it's speak personal out on. now. And yep. as I as I said last week, people will ask me, and Stephanie, you 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 come into this a little bit differently than us because you communicate with the dead. Right. Uh, we don't we don't do that the same way that you do. So it affects you a little bit differently than it affects us, but. They say, well, what's the problem with it? You know, why, just ignore him. Eventually, he'll get caught. Eventually, you know, people will realize he's a fake, all this stuff. This is the way that I see the problem, is he's got all these supposed millions of YouTube subscribers. Now, most mm -hmm. of them are probably bought and paid for. Well, not only that, you get paid when you have an X amount of subscribers to have commercials and things like yeah, that. Yeah, he's making, so he's money, making off, money. He's making money off the ad revenue. Yeah. But the... But I also think that he paid for like a million people don't like what he does, right? Uh, and but he's and, still making that money back. Oh, I'm sure he's well, you know, making mm -hmm. plenty of money. Uh, the other part of it too is, uh, it, you know, he deletes any negative comments off his YouTube Naturally. channel. Like you can't say anything bad about him. That's why it's all overwhelmingly positive. As I said last week, if you're going to do that, you let a few bad ones slip through so that people don't know that you delete the bad right. ones. But anyway, the. Um, the, the the excuses or uh, well, not the excuses but the the stance of just let him do it and he'll he'll hang himself eventually it doesn't work for me because every person that's watching that that doesn't know that what he's doing is false mm -hmm. and fake he's giving false hope too right and then the other side of that too is think of all the people that are watching that and knowing that he's nothing but a fraud but now thinking that everybody that does that is a fraud. So Steve Huff using his Wonderbox or his portal device or whatever it is, he's a fraud. So that means that when Stephanie tries to communicate with the dead, she's a fraud. And that when Tim and Moniz are using Echovox, they're frauds. You know, so all of the stuff that we're finding that's like earth shattering results is now going to be dismissed by a good portion of the population because they see this phony guy. <laughs> I have so much to say and we have such little time and I don't want to keep giving him any type of publicity, whether it's good or bad. But I feel like that is why I work so hard with not only you, with Scott, with everybody that I, I surround myself with at my events to purposely prove that I have no knowledge of what it is that I am talking about when I go in and I read a location. I did that on Kindred Spirits, all three episodes that I filmed with them. Amy and Adam disoriented me. They they. Actually, the resurrected episode last night that they um, that they aired, like little pop-up videos, and they admitted that they remove any and all personal things from the location before I even walk in. Moniz, you have personally walked me through locations. Yep. Right in the beginning when I didn't want to tell anybody what I was doing, and even then, it's like, here, like we're going to pick you up, we're going to bring you here, you have no idea we where you're going. We deliberately brought you blind. Right, but in order to prove that what I am saying can be matched up with historical documents and validated, and I I do that even now on investigations, even with the Echovox, you know, sessions that we do and the Estes Method sessions that we do. I don't even know if I want to even call it Estes Method anymore because we've changed it to make our own formula, and well, we do I it mean, a little bit different. Yeah, I, don't, I think we want to kind of keep the. We don't want to be accused of plagiarizing. I'm not trying to Estes plagiarize, method. but then again. I've done research, and I'm not taking away from them, but there are people that wrote books on the double-blind method 
which is essentially this SD's sure, method and, and nobody's, long before yeah, the nobody, SD's method existed. They've never claimed that they invented no, the process. But that's what I think. Like, is if you add your own twist to something and you're trying to further the field or further the research, there's nothing wrong with that. So it's your what's known as an iteration right, of it. Yeah. Right. And you want to make something unique or something that might work better for me as a psychic medium than Joe Schmo yeah. that's just trying no, to do something. So I try to do different things in order to make myself different, in order to make people think outside the box or make people walk away. And I had a long talk with Tenny about this too. You know, I want people to walk away from the investigations that I conduct saying, how the F did that just happen? Not, eh, it could have been this, it could have been that. I do things a lot differently because I know how much scrutiny there is out there. I know how many people are against me because of the title Psychic Medium before I walk in the door. And I hate that part, but I spent years proving myself. I spent years working on that. So for someone like this to come in and do something like that, it's horrendous. On top of that, I don't know if you saw on Facebook this week, and I know we have very little time, but I still want to give it no, just, just a smidge. Talk what you need to talk about. We'll go over if we have to. Um, I saw from a few different sources on Facebook floating around, and then I finally commented on one of them, that a paranormal team out there from God knows where, and I don't even know where, is offering silent EVP sessions at a oh. funeral for yeah. 160 bucks well, a pop. That's just one of, what? Hold on, yes. that's just one of them. A, a, a full one. menu. That's just, it's a full of, menu. Of options that they put out of, of the prices that they charge for things. First yes. off, yes. The, the, the term charge involved. But well, you know what? I have to say, somebody made it a rule a long time ago that paranormal people should never charge for an investigation. And that became the norm. That's arguable. Um, and that's up to everybody to do their own thing. And, you know, I, I if I think it's wrong, I can't bash somebody for doing it. And I think it's silly to do it because you don't really know what you're doing. I, but to yeah. charge for something like an EVP session at a funeral is straight up yeah. wrong. I think, well, first of all, we'll get into that. But I, I think that when it comes to charging for services, you can't really charge for the investigation. Right. Because it's yeah. not like hiring. I use this, this example all the time. It's not like hiring an exterminator where you're going to pay them $300, but they're going to come out and hold the dead rat by the tail and show you that they got it. Exactly. But. If somebody says to somebody, and you're upfront about it, and you're fair about it, and you say, listen, we would love to come out and investigate your house. I understand that there's nobody you know, closer to you, and that you, or maybe you want to work with us directly, but it's going to be a 200-mile you know, round-trip journey for us. We're going to need some reimbursement right. for our gas or something like that. That's why I don't I have a problem with that. As long as you're upfront about it, and you're right. not like sticking somebody with a bill... After you've come to help them, well, that's, that's a different like story. People come but. to me and they're like, I'm 300 miles away and I want you to come here. I mean, not that I want to spend the time doing that, but if you want to fly me out somewhere to do a gallery reading or whatever it might be, that obviously becomes part of a package that I deliver. Cost compensation right. is at least tolerable in my my opinion, uh, especially if you're dealing with like crazy distances right. or something like that. And you yeah. know, like I charge for walkthroughs that I do like privately or different things like that because essentially what you're looking for is a reading, which is different than an investigation. And that used to happen, I used to work with Andy Lake all the time. And Andy Lake was known for and is still known for doing the holster method, only his own yeah, interpretation yeah. of it. Right. You know, like he worked with psychics when people told everybody, oh, you don't do that, you don't do that, you don't do that because certain TV shows at the time kind of crapped on it. But people would want to work with him and then 
seem normal. And then until he brought me in and all they wanted was a private reading. They didn't care about the investigation part of it. So, you know, I have to protect myself in my time because my time is valuable. My energy is valuable. And, you know, like I, I'm a mom. Like I, I'd rather be home with my child or I'd rather, you know, put a roof over her head, feed her, you know, whatever it might be. And whatever it might be, you know, whether people want to argue that psychic shouldn't be, you know, collecting money or whatever it is, like yeah, if you even understood a, a fraction of how much energy or time it took in order to do something like that, then you would understand why. But to charge for things like this this service list that I have in front of me is horrendous. I, yeah, I'm, I'm still... It, it, just to take a step back before you read off some of those, uh, to go back to what you say, I mean, there is a fairness in saying like people's time has a value when you are putting yourself out there as a paranormal investigator and saying, we're going to go into people's homes and help them out and do all that kind of stuff. Like, okay, you're saying when you do that and it's generally accepted that you are giving up your time to do that. Right. So you understand that that is part of the deal with, right. with getting to do this. If you are saying to yourself or saying to people, hey, I'm a psychic medium and I'm available for, you know, different things, like it's implied then that you would expect to be compensated for that time. And nobody should expect you to have to, you know, to, to, to give that up. And the other side of that coin, too, is that people think that people that own a, a, a place that has activity, you know, we fought about this for years. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they owe it to the paranormal field to let people come in and investigate. No, it's, it's their private place and they can decide what to do. Right. So it's all in, you know, what you are in. You know what? For I'm happy store. to play, pay places, especially historical places that need yeah, the money. Because it in keeps order to their upkeep. doors open. Yeah. Right. But like, and I, you know, I get a lot of, see, you have a, a viable service that mm -hmm. you offer. And so that's a little bit different. I get flack from people just because, like, I charge to go and give a lecture. Like, oh, you should want to come out and spread the word. It's good. It's good advertising for you and you've for your radio yourself, shows and all that. You've built your brand. You've done your time. And 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 people what show I've, up to see you. What well, I've created. The whole point has of a, a lecture is is to educate. And I, last time I checked. Teachers were paid, weren't they? Yeah, yep. and and it has it has a value. I put time yep. into creating it. I put time into you know ad, uh, getting the word out there to people that it's available for them. You know, does that mean that I won't go and give a, a presentation for free for or or for a good cause? Of course I will. But at the same time, like don't begrudge me because I go out and I give these lectures. And what ends up happening? This happens all the time. See, at least with Stephanie, she. You have something unique that only you can do. Right. Other people have the same gift, but nobody else can do it the way that exactly I do. the way that you do it. What happens with people that go out and do these lectures is you get people that will steal the lecture from you and then go out and undercut you and charge. So there's, listen, I'm not going to throw out any names. I wrote a book called Ghosts of the South Coast. There's somebody that took that book and created a presentation based on stuff that I put in that book and goes out and offers libraries to present some of that information at half the price that I charge. Shut the front door. Yeah. So it's... You're going to need to drop that name after the air. It's it, It's been going on for years. I, That's okay. I, I want to know. I don't I'm have any proof. Box. I've just had people that have gone to this lecture that say, it was a lot of stuff that I read in your book. So... Wow. Plagiarism. You know? Yeah, that's a that's a... That's a conversation. So tell, for tell us some tell us some of these uh, services. So a three hour investigation with report is one hundred and fifty dollars. 
A five-hour investigation lockdown with USB and report, $300. A multi-story investigation lockdown USB report, $400. I don't blame them for that. If I have to walk upstairs, I'm going to charge you extra. I can't even right now. A multi-story business USB <laughs> report in a follow-up, $500. House cleansing. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hold on. As Rod on service. I don't know. As Rot on service. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I honestly don't even know this This font. is disgusting. Besides giving. Um, $40. And stand alone, $100. Wait, $40 to clean my house? I don't know. I don't really know. Real estate service. Do they do Evaluation windows? on unoccupied buildings, 120 Electronic electronic seance, groups and singles, 160 oh, Okay. Contact attempt personal direct, 160 Council sessions, family groups and singles, $100. And the silent EVP sessions at funerals, 160 Now it says, you can help support us by buying our products online at our website or becoming a class one... Free floating vapor? Rata chair? Oh, that's a class four free roaming vapor. I don't know what the hell that means. With vault access, call for number four. Details on how to keep the cruise going business with multiple stories and rooms price will change mileage charged one dollar a mile and expenses if applicable consultation phone calls are free for first call 35 dollars thereafter expenses for travel are negotiable and tra- and are charged to client before arrival and there's a website and a you phone know what? number yeah, tell us the name of this organization yeah yeah PCIghost.com or ParanormalCI.com. Okay. Paranormal Consulting and Investigations. Professional Paranormal Group. Um, Would you want their phone number too? Professional. You are professional if you're making money off of it. Yeah, apparently. They they probably just got together last week and did this. Actually, I did notice that the post is from March, so this has been out there for a little while without people noticing. Yeah, from what I understand, it's been around for a while. But uh, I'd be interested in knowing exactly how many people have uh, have hired them for their services. Eleven people like their page. Ooh. So the eleven, 11 the eleven people in the group. Uh, yeah, probably. Oh, there's probably people in the group that don't even like it. <laughs> oh, I know people are like bashing them on their reviews. So nonstop. listen, PCI Ghost, uh, whatever you are, uh, you're welcome to come on the show, and uh, we will give you free advertising <laughs> for your product. Come on the show next week. Email me, Tim at SpookySelfCoast.com. We'll set it up. We will give you free advertising for your paranormal investigating services. We will allow you to come on and talk about all the services that you offer. And you can explain to people exactly what they're getting for that price. It, it Listen, the, the, the value of that, to be able to come on this show and promote your business, we're talking like in the thousands of dollars. Mm. Because our, our podcast is downloaded all over the world, tens of thousands of people every day. You will be getting an enormous amount of free publicity and free promotion by coming on this show next week and by talking to us about your services. So please, please reach out to me. We would love to have you on. I just want to know, like, I really want to talk to him about what an electronic seance is. For somebody that does seances professionally for a living, I would like to know what an electronic seance is. Apparently, I've been doing this wrong for a very long so, time. So it means you turn on the radio. I've been, do- <laughs> I've been doing it wrong for almost 20 years. Yeah. And, and and electronic seance is like 
the same thing that you're already doing, except you have to, you know, give, uh, you have to make Do I have to do like a dance You have to do first? boops and beep noises while you're doing it. Does somebody have to drop like a techno beat, like beatbox it while I'm doing it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like we need like a flash mob or something. So, so they're invited on the show and also Steve Huff is invited on the show. <laughs> so, I, and, and I've, I've had an open invitation for Steve Huff now for years because if what you're doing is so legitimate and, and works, you would think that you would want to come on and defend it. That'd be interesting to have them both on at the same time. They, you know, they're, you know what? I bet you if you go to their Facebook page, I can't you know, maybe not show. now because there's, you know, there's, there's nobody watching, but eventually they're going to put up pictures. You'll see them with somebody actually, I saw somebody actually call somebody out in the paranormal for something. And when you clicked on their profile and you looked, you know how you have those featured pictures on Facebook? Like you can pick like the nine or 12 pictures or whatever that you want to have featured on your page. That's their names. One of them was somebody posing with Steve Huff. Shut up. I'm like, that's like, that's essentially like in this field, that's kind of like if you, uh, you know, if you're a, a Democratic presidential candidate and you paused and took a photo with President Trump and put that selfie on your page, you know? So uh, I, I don't recognize those names at all. I don't either. But also, the other part of this is, so let me just put this possibility out there. Okay. What if this is a complete and total farce? And it's just a joke that somebody made up. That's on there too. That guy looks like a guy that's serious about this. Yep. I can't, that guy has the face that says, yep. I'm an idiot that thinks I can charge for paranormal investigations. Yep. What's his name? I thought you were going to read it. You going to make me do it? His name is Jeff James. Jeff James, if you're listening. And Aubrey Patton. Email me. Email me so we can talk. I've got a great promotional opportunity for you. No charge. I don't know. I think we should charge him 160 bucks. No, no, no. I'm going to let him come on for free. They can come on and talk about all the products Disgusting. that they offer for free. We're going to reach out to them and we're going to get we're going to get them on the show next week. What do you, do, do, do you think do you think they'll be self-aware enough? To can realize we, wait, what they're walking into. Wait, can we call the number and tell them that we have a funeral that we want them to attend? Oh, wait. let's call them now. Should we do it? Let's call them on the show. Shut up. Really? That's like the most scandalous thing you've ever done. Okay. Why not? All what, right. What, where are they out of? I don't know. I, I do feel like it would be unfair to call somebody at midnight. F them? Yeah. No, I, 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 I feel like that would be unfair. No, I, I, I get where you're going with that. I don't. As somebody who I like gotten, the idea. I don't. As somebody who has gotten phone calls at, at two in the morning from people how, with paranormal how problems. How about this? We make make it the phone call first thing at ten o'clock next Saturday. No, because Oh no, the, we're gonna we're gonna already be in touch with them and, and book on, them me, for the show. Let me see if hold on. I'm gonna see if I can find like an about, like where they're from. Let's look. It's probably one of these recorded lines that they check. You oh, know. their website isn't even live. Okay. So Speaking so of recorded, you want to make about the phone numbers, not either. Then let me look. Up Speaking of recorded lines, yeah. You ever called call notes? No. Here you should call that. It's a it's a phone number you can call up to listen to hollow note songs at any time. It's called call notes. Okay. Press one to hear man eater. Press two to hear Sarah smile. That's so weird. So press three to hear she's gone. If we call them, do we call them and tell them? I think we have to legally tell them that they're on the radio. Yeah. Oh, well, I found the girl who is in a relationship with the guy, and they look like they are in California. Nine o'clock on a Saturday. They're, I mean, they're probably, to be fair, 
They're probably, they're probably working, one, right? Yeah, they're at one of their many, many booked investigations. So they probably won't even answer, right? Yeah, so we don't really want to bother them when they're out making $160. All right, no, we're going to wait. <laughs> we're going to wait because this whole thing is going to turn into something. So I'm literally oh, going I to really be... I really want to just... I want to jump in right now. I'm, I'm, uh, no, we we got to do this right. Do we have to, though? Here's the thing too, like we got to be careful. Oh, this because is them taking pictures together at Magic Castle. If they might, they might do a little research on us and listen to this episode and realize what they're walking into. That's why you so, just call. So I, I nobody I, tell them. <laughs> I think we need to kind of. Uh, she also looks like she's 15. I was a little concerned when I saw that, but he looks old enough to be in a relationship, so I'm pretty sure they're a legal age. Yeah, that is, the, the the pictures are a little concerning. Uh, uh, listen, I do feel like as much as I want to blindside them and 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 just uh, call them now, I feel like that is not giving them a fair shake. So I feel like we would probably so you have to calm yourself down well, and go back to being. Well, Tim. we do have that reputation of being fair. <clears throat> yeah. I think I think But is, where does fair stop so, when you charge for EVP I, sessions at funerals? I, we'll put it I agree. Way, I agree. The, if we put the offer out and they choose to, you know, not pick up that mantle and defend their honor. Everybody then, that's listening in the chat room, drop an emoji if you agree with me. We have built a reputation of letting everybody have yeah. their say and letting the audience kind of decide. And I feel like if we call them right now, it would be just a tear into them. I wouldn't. I just want to know. I want to see if we can hire them for a funeral. And I and I think what we need to do is we need to set this up, formally invite them on to the show, Ugh. let them know that they're coming on to talk about their services and what it is that they do, and then we'll see from there, you know, if they feel like, because I, I don't want to pull them in here for a setup. Like, I want them to understand that it's going to be a discussion. It's going to be, we're going to give you the chance to defend why it is that, that you do what you do. What I want to do is call them and ask them what their availability is for a funeral and see if they tell us how much it'll cost because oh. you found your information online and then end the phone call. You know what would be the best? <clears throat> we don't have to heckle them. Listen, anybody out there, if you've got some money, maybe Mark can fund this when he when he gets his sweepstakes <laughs> prize. Yep. But- what we really should do, this would be the best way to do it. Oh my God. Is we should. Lamone wants to call them. We should fly them. <laughs> oh God. That's punishment enough for them. Yeah, really. <laughs> what we should do is we should fly them in here from California. No. You know, we'll pay a dollar a mile. Nope. We'll fly them in here. <clears throat> and what we'll do is we'll set up a fake funeral. Do you know someone? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I could do things if I had to do things. Okay. All right. We'll have a fake funeral. And what we'll do is we'll have them conduct an EVP session at the fake funeral. And then we'll see what kind of results they get. No, that also sounds like a setup. That's a setup. I know. You just call them now, ask them what their availability is, what do they charge for it, and hang up. I I think it would be more interesting... And more fun for the listeners. Everybody wants to call. If like we, they want the number. If so they we can just call. let them come on the show and explain themselves, and we we have a, a back and forth discussion about what it is that they do and why they charge what they charge, 
I think if we have well, a combative situation where we bring them on and we're just basically having them on to humiliate them, there, we don't gain anything from that. I kind of feel like I have to be honest with you and tell you, and for those of you that heard the Jesus episode, I might get even more pissed this time than I did with Jesus. <laughs> we let that Jesus so weird though. We let Jesus come on the show and we gave him his fair say. And I was an angry elf. And when he got to the point Moni where he sat next to me, he knows. It got ridiculous. We hung up on Jesus. And if this is the case with these guys, we'll hang up on them too. I'm getting text messages now with people asking me for the number. <laughs> Don't anybody call them now because we don't want to scare them away from coming on the show. Well, you realize you already gave them the names and stuff. All it takes is a quick Google. So I'm telling them not to do <laughs> He's it. He's going to edit it out. We are going to end the show, though. Uh, we are going to call it a night. We're running late. Before we get ourselves into trouble, <laughs> I we'll save it up for next week. Yeah, you Screw Zach Bagans. This yeah. is a better option. All right. Until next week. For Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular.